Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Dr. Motley here with the Health Institute Podcast, uh, where Dr. Axe has started this huge podcast where we ask brightest minds in healthcare to come and inform us about things that you are concerned about. And today I have a very special friend of mine, a special guest, and he is all about energy and creating metabolic energy in your body. What makes you tired? What makes you fatigued? Dr. Evan Hirsch, also known as the Energy MD, is a world-renowned energy expert, best-selling author, and professional speaker. He is the creator of the Energy MD Method, the science-backed and clinically proven four-step process to increase energy naturally. Through his best-selling book, podcast, and international online telehealth programs that can be accessed from everywhere, he has helped thousands of people around the world increase their energy and happiness. He has been featured on TV, podcast, and summits, and when he's not at the office, you can find him singing musicals, dancing hip-hop, and playing basketball with his family. Dr. Hirsch, thanks again for joining me on here. Thanks so much for having me on. So, okay, we have talked before you and I are very, very encouraged uh, in healthcare about, I think, our stance in it, about creating energy. And you are an expert in the fields. Guys, everybody, I want you to, when you hear this, Dr. Hirsch has treated everybody that has like Epstein-Barr virus, Lyme disease, parasites, you name it, he's seen it. And in Chinese medicine too, we talk about creation of energy, what makes your body have energy. And I'm going to go through some questions with you, Doc, but I know we gave you an intro, but why is it so important? Just maybe a brief synopsis about Basically, you need to create energy, right, to be able to fight off these infections. And why is it missed? I mean, I think it's just missed in our healthcare. They always like kill off all the infection, but they, they neglect the energy. What got you down this path of just wanting to research this and do this? So for me, I had fatigue for about five years and it just about destroyed my life in every aspect. I was like sleeping under my desk at work. And because I was so ashamed, I was already practicing functional medicine and I couldn't help myself wasn't prioritizing myself, but I also didn't have the knowledge at that time. My wife had just come out of fatigue and we had a new baby and I couldn't help out at home. And so I felt a lot of shame around that. So my world was kind of falling apart until I turned around and I said, okay, I'm going to focus on myself because I know that if I could find all of the causes that I would be successful. If I could find each one of those causes and remedy them, that I would be successful. And so what I found is that there are deficiencies. So these are things that are not in the body that are supposed to be there. And toxicities, which are things that are in the body that aren't supposed to be there. And so it's this combination of replacing the things that are deficient and removing the things that are toxic. And that's the, the, the recipe for generating excellent energy. And that goes to this, this, one, this question is, uh, that I really want to ask you. Like, Now, what are those energy drainers? You talk about the things that you remove. Um, we know we need increased energy, but you have to really remove those things that are pulling all the energy out of you. Now, what are the things that you recommend that you remove to like help increase your energy? So these are all things that I find are generally missed before people come to see me. So if they've mm -hmm. seen a naturopath or a functional medicine doc, like they're great at a lot of things, but it's, it's these particular things that not a lot of practitioners want to go into. You know, they don't mm -hmm. want to, oftentimes they'll step into heavy metals, which is great. Maybe they'll get into chemicals a little bit, but they don't really want to go into mold unless they're dealing with like MCAS, mass cell activation, multiple chemical sensitivity. And they don't really want to get into Lyme or some of these other infections. And now we've got COVID, 
right? And, and long COVID. So those are really the big ones, the heavy metals, chemicals, molds, infections, allergies. So if you're eating the wrong foods, that's going to increase inflammation in your body, which is going to end up draining your energy. Negative emotional patterns. So whether you've had trauma with a big T, like significant abuse, or whether you've had it like with a small T, like I had a number of hits in my life that changed the way that I saw the world and created negative thinking, that will also drain my energy. And then electromagnetic fields. You know, anything that has a battery, that has a wavelength, that has a frequency can interfere with our DNA, increase inflammation, and consequently then drain our energy. Uh, this is good because people out there, many people don't even realize that they have like hidden infections or they're around their TV too much or their iPad. And you made a great point, Doc. You said that a lot of times things are often overlooked. You may have already answered it in that previous, but why do you think like providers these days, you've seen these people, they really haven't helped you. What's the major reason for that? So I think a lot of it, and I was, I was in this situation as well, because it's challenging to learn some of these new things. And if you are, if you've got your practice and you're getting most of the people well, then maybe you don't have to dip into those things. You know, if somebody's got thyroid issues and you can optimize them and make their life better and have nice relationships and you have that knowledge, great. But it's very challenging to help people with mold. It's very challenging to help people with Lyme and other self-infections and parasites, right? It just has a lot more nuances. People need a lot more access to you for the bumps in the road. So it's just a different way of extending yourself beyond. And I didn't want to get into these things. I didn't want to get into mold and lie. I was very happy with my practice. I had a seven-figure practice helping a lot of people. But the reality was, is that I had to learn it for me. And I also had to learn it for those people who I couldn't help. Those were the people who drove me. And so instead of referring them out, I was like, okay, I'm going to just keep researching till I find all of the potential causes here. And what I found is that there's like 35 different causes and everybody's got that I see has around 20 plus causes. I had 30 of those 35. You just have to figure out, and it's, over, it's overwhelming to think about it, but you just have to figure out which ones you have and then you work through it. And before you know it, a year has passed and your energy's excellent. And you look back over your shoulder, like, I'm so glad every single day I took a step forward. That's great because you experienced it. And I think that many people out there, like in your books and your, in your um, seminars, you do a really good job of explaining what you should expect or what you see in yourself to have you know you have low energy. Some people out there may not even know. What are some like telltale signs that somebody out there can say, hey, I really have mitochondrial or, or low energy production, and they may overlook it. They'll just say, I'm getting older. Uh, I'm just going to get tired. But are there some signs and symptoms or what are the things that you need to look out for? just to be able to prevent future energy loss? It's all about mindfulness. So this is just paying attention to how you're feeling because most of us are very busy living our lives. And when mm. you wake up in the morning, if you're not feeling well, what do you think? You, you go ahead and you drink some coffee or you take an energy drink, right? Or you, mm. you push through, right? So this is kind of like how we're conditioned in society and this is how we end up with chronic fatigue or significant energy issues. And it really is subjective. So it's different for everybody. But what I tell people is if, if your energy is not where you want it to be and it's significantly compromising the quality of your life, then there's a problem. And these causes that we're talking about that cause low energy, they're also the same things that cause heart attacks, heart disease, strokes, Alzheimer's, cancer, autoimmunity. So you fix it now when the body's yelling at you to fix it now, or you fix it later. Yeah. And so it's a challenge because, you know, I see some people who are older and now they're into Alzheimer's, which is very hard to reverse, right? But you run the labs 
and they're full of mold and they're full of chemicals and all these things that are causing it. And oftentimes that can be a, a year, a multi-year process. And how much of that can we actually reverse? So starting earlier, I mean, it's the same thing, like doing a detox before you're thinking about getting pregnant is always a much better idea. Like fix everything that you can, remove all the toxins because we dump all of our good stuff and all of our bad stuff into our babies through the placenta, right? And so it's just, there's so many things like earlier is better. Just be proactive. Don't be reactive. Don't deal with things when it's too late, right? Deal with things now before it happens or as soon as you start to see these signs where you're like, yeah, man, if I don't have coffee, my day's ruined. Or even if I do have coffee, I need to have another cup at two o'clock in the afternoon because my energy's crashing and my sleep's mm. not good. And I got to, you know, in order to get to sleep, I got to drink alcohol or whatever it is, right? Or I got to take these pills. That's a problem. We shouldn't be living on all these pharmaceuticals. So pay mm. attention to how you're feeling and, and then start to research, ask for help, figure out the causes that you have. I think it's a great point, Doc. Whenever, you know, that's why people say like, it's why is it it's hard to treat people that have low energies? Everybody's bio-individual. They all have their own processes in their body. And you're right. I think prevention is the key where, you know, be, pro, like you said, proactive. And I think that people out there, hopefully when they're listening to this, I'm like, it is tough when you look about the long road, like how to regain energy. But I think one of the biggest parts is remove all the stuff that does drain energy. You know, these are the, the habits in our lives that we think, oh man, I, I got to eat this food or I'm used to having this type of electromagnetic stuff around me. And, and that's a hard part. Now, when you said, as you start to remove things or be proactive about like before you get pregnant, detox. Now, there's a reason why like people feel worse. Some people don't even want to go through a detox, right? Because some people say, well, I hope I don't feel worse. Why do people, uh, what's the reason why people would feel worse, you know, when they start treatment and what are some of the things they could do about it? So they're not afraid to be proactive, basically. Well, you, you really have to prepare the body. So if you have toxins in the body, heavy metals, chemicals, molds, infections, then your drainage pathways or detoxification pathways are clogged. These are your mm -hmm. intestines and your lymph and your neural lymph or your brain lymph, your liver, your kidneys, your gallbladder. All of those pathways need to be open. And for the most part, they're clogged when you have symptoms. And so you have to open those first. Okay. The way that I envision this is kind of like a funnel. So if you're going to dump stuff into that funnel, like let's say we're going to grab some heavy metals, we're going to dump it into one of these detoxification pathways, let's say the liver. If that funnel is closed off at the bottom because it is clogged, guess what? Things go then right back into that compartment or those heavy metals go into a different compartment. You get new and different symptoms and you're like, why is this happening? Why do I feel worse? So that's why in step three of our four-step process, it's to open up those drainage pathways. And then you're going to be successful when the amount that you're dumping into that funnel is the same rate at which you're able to get rid of it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that, that drippy faucet, right? If, if you've got a clogged sink and the amount that that drippy faucet is, is building up in the sink is the same amount that's, that's leaving the sink, then you're not going to get a buildup in the sink. That's a great analogy, Doc. And I'm going to use that. So I'm stealing that whenever I talk to patients about detoxification pathways, because a lot of times we know that when we deal with different types of people with infections, um, they're always asking about like Herxheimer or detoxification pathways. I'm like, well, I took that and I felt worse. And you're like, it's, I said, you, you got to be able to like release as much as you get rid of, do it as efficiently as possible. That goes to my next question though, too. Now, whenever you have these things clogging up, you have metals, um, you've got people that had different types of diseases or infections. 
what are, um, how do you determine, you know, which infections or what are the microbes out there that are contributing to your low energy? What are some of the common things? Cause they're all identifying it. But now they're like, dude, I have that. I have that. I have that. How do I test for it? So fortunately of these causes that we're talking about today, 75% of them can be determined by symptoms alone. Mm. So a lot of people are hell bent on their labs. But even the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta will tell you that Lyme and its co-infections are actually clinical diagnoses. They're based on your symptoms. So if you have pain in the bottom of your feet, muscle cramps, hard time sleeping, maybe some anxiety, depression, and maybe a rash that looks like stretch marks, you could have Bartonella, which is found in upwards of 50% of all domestic animals. So you've been licked in the face by a dog, scratched by a cat. You know, you could even kiss somebody who's got it or be intimate with them or have a blood transfusion or get bitten by a mosquito. Like there's lots of different ways to get these, but it's this conglomeration of symptoms, you know, or maybe mm -hmm. you have Babesia, which is like the North American malaria where you spontaneously sweat frequently. I mean, episodically, but sometimes it's every day. Sometimes it's at night. Sometimes it's during the day. Sometimes it's once a week. And you're usually the hottest person in the room telling everybody else, Hey, can you turn up the AC? And they're like, what are you kidding me? You know, and then the la I guess the last one that I will say is that, you know, in terms of Borrelia or Lyme, you know, you really can't have Lyme if you don't have symptoms that move around the body and symptoms that come and go. And this is like joint pain, muscle pain, nerve pain, where if it doesn't, if it's not like here today, gone tomorrow or next week or to a different part of the body, and some days are better than others, then you really can't have Borrelia. So these are just some of the infections that we look at. But you can really, you know, based off of people who are listening to this, they may identify and be like, oh my gosh, that's totally me. And then now you've, now you actually know one of your causes and you can proceed down that path and you're gonna be a lot more successful. I remember when we first met each other and it was just enlightening to me when people out there said, yeah, when I wake up in the morning, I put my feet on the floor and my feet hurt. Like I've been walking all day and the bottom of my heels hurt. And I remember you telling me this, you said, Hey, if um." If your patient looks like they have plantar fasciitis and they didn't do anything crazy, you say, look for Bartonella. And I, I treat a lot of people with Lyme, you know, that I help their body with through Chinese medicine. But you know what? It was a God thing because literally I had even young people come in and they'll say like three years old, four years old, they're saying, mommy, my legs hurt, my feet hurt. And they're just telling them, and I, I check them out and I, they, and I start to look around. Sure enough, they'll have stretch marks. And I think that, and I was like, okay, they have Bartonella, go get a urine. They probably don't get a blood test, get a urinalysis test. Sure enough, they have Bartonella. I think that whenever people start to hear this, they want an answer because they don't want to feel like they're going crazy. Like the parents go, they like, I'm doing something wrong. Or if they have blood transfusions, I had a lady, I know, you know, these people had 26 blood transfusion, 26. Cause she had, it was before she had her baby. And it was so saddening because whatever gets in her blood, it gets in the baby's uh, blood. And so you are into, into the, the whole system of the family. I think when people hear this, they're like, go identify the infection. Let's start raising the energy. And that goes into where you help individuals with your telehealth and with your programs. So let's talk about your four-step process to help find out what's going on. How do you increase your energy? Can you go through that for us? Absolutely. So the first step is all about figuring out the causes. So of these 35 different causes, like I mentioned, 20 plus of these, everybody has at least 20 plus and 75% of these 35 can be determined by your symptoms alone. So generally people join our program, they start to work through step one. These are those things that are not in the body that are supposed to be in the body, the adrenals, the thyroid, the mitochondria, vitamins, minerals, 
lifestyle habits. So not enough sleep, not enough movement, not enough good food, not enough water, mm -hmm. um, neurotransmitter deficiencies. So those are the deficiencies that we replace in step two, because we want to make the person as strong as possible, as soon as mm -hmm. possible. And especially working on the big three, which is the adrenals, which manage stress in the body and our get up and go, mitochondria and thyroid, we call that the big three. That makes a significant improvement generally in people's energy when we optimize it. And then they're more prepared for step four, which is the most mm -hmm. important part of this process, which is removing the toxins. But step two will take about a month. Then step three, which is opening up those drainage pathways, the intestines, the liver, the kidney, the lymph, the neurolymph, the gallbladder, that'll take another month. And then the rest of the time in the program, whether it's 12 months, whether it's 24 months, whatever they need is spent in step four, removing the heavy metals, the chemicals, the molds, the infections, the allergies, the negative emotional patterns, and the electromagnetic fields. And I love just listing those things off because people need to hammer them into their heads that they have to be looking at all of these causes. And remember, don't get overwhelmed by this. Just realize it's you just go after one at a time and you just get a mentor like Dr. Molly or me, and we lead you down that path. I really appreciate like with the, um, the process because it's showing too through your programs, like many individuals out there, they can get tired when they think about like, oh, I've got to do this, but uh, this program or this pathway, but Dr. Hirsch and I are telling you that it is a journey. Like, you know, like as well as I do, doc, like whenever some people come in and they have evidence of Lyme or an infection like Epstein-Barr, working with an individual, you know, I usually tell them the straight up, like this could take, you know, eight to 12 months just to get some of these things started according to your labs. And then, you know, some people don't think it's daunting, but I always want to tell people it is a journey. Health is not just like, oh, I'm going to get to this point and I stop taking care of myself. I'm like, no, you may have to take vitamin C and different vitamins for the rest of your life. You may not get it in your diet. And I think that's what um, I really love about how you teach and approach. Now, many people out there will hear this and they're thinking, I have all the symptoms. I suspect I have these how do these people know that what you can do, like what you're doing can help them or not? Like do, they may have this question in their head, but they've had all these signs and symptoms. Basically, is that reason you can help these individuals, right? Or how can they know? So the biggest question, whenever I get on a call with, with folks to figure out whether they're a good fit for our program, I'm always looking at two questions. And the first is whether I can help them. And the second, whether or not they're a good fit for the program. I know that I can help somebody if they have not looked at all of these causes. Either they haven't assessed to determine which causes they have, because sometimes it's just, they may have been doing this for years and they're like, oh, I've done everything. But the reality is maybe missing two causes. So maybe they have Bartonella and they haven't addressed it. And maybe they, have, uh, they haven't optimized their thyroid. Do that and that makes all the difference for them. So if they haven't addressed all those causes and they haven't fixed them, then I know that I can help them. But the question really, a lot of it is also about what they're able to do. You know, sometimes people come to see us where they're, they're not functional or, you know, my practice is hundred percent virtual. So I see people all over the world, but they have to be able to use zoom. They have to be able to be organized to take supplements three to five times a day to be able to attend the one-on-one -on -one calls with us, as well as the group calls, you know, they have mm -hmm. to show up, do the work and be organized enough to kind of work through a process. They have to be willing to potentially change their diet. And I'm not talking about anything radical, you know, like paleo diet. Excellent. Mm -hmm. But they have to be willing to make these changes and they have to be open. They have, if they think that they've got all the answers and that they know everything, then you know, no mentor is going to be able to support them. So those are generally the things that we look at to see if we can help you. I, I love that you said, Doc, that you, the, one of the first questions you ask is, 
um, you know, if it's something that we're make a good match, because I do think that there's, there's a difference between, and even in my life, I'm not talking about that on anybody. I'm like, are you willing to put in some of the work that is needed to get to that point? Because we know there's many people that are too tired and maybe they don't feel that way, but knowing that if you're willing to go through the journey with you, Dr. Hirsch, like you're willing to go with them. I think even now in this day and age where fatigue is such a rampant idea and some people are so tired, they're like, I don't know how, how I'm going to get out of this. And you bring hope. One of the biggest things I find that now with hope being lost, being too fatigued is the issue of like longstanding COVID. And I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Like many people are just, they may not even know they had it, but what, what is long COVID symptoms or, and people need, or syndrome? Like what do people need to look out, especially that today? So if you acquired new symptoms since November, 2019, and you may have noticed that you had a flu-like illness or a cold before these symptoms came on, maybe you didn't, but you've got these weird symptoms that have persisted. And maybe it's some of the symptoms I've already mentioned as some part of some of these other infections. Maybe it's, you know, you've got sleep problems, shortness of breath, neuropathies or nerve pain. I mean, COVID can cause up to 250 different symptoms. So wow. it's pretty much any weird or new symptom since November 2019. But I can go into kind of like some of the new treatment and whatnot. That'd be great. I mean, I know you're pressed for time, but I, but I love this. It's just such good information. I'm like, okay, so when you say you've been going to treatment and such, I mean, how, how do people know they had, like you already said the symptoms, like these are things that they need to look for. Now they're talking about, like you just said, like long haulers and people that may have it chronic, like you say a chronic cough. Is there any extra additional like symptoms they need to look on for like long hauler syndrome? So once you have a number of these weird symptoms, generally they're markers of inflammation, symptoms that are that are causing you problems. Now, the, the reason why this is happening is because the virus is persisting. If you talk to famous immunologists and, and whomever in the conventional space, they will say that there's no chance that the virus is persisting. But the reality is, is that when we treat the virus, the mm -hmm. symptoms go away, right? So we know that the virus is in fact uh, persisting. And that's one of those theories is that maybe it's pieces of the virus, Maybe it's actual virus, maybe it's immune system dysfunction, um, but the reality is it's all of these things. And in many ways, it's kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. And it goes, this goes for any of these infections that we work on. Generally throughout our lives, we're accumulating toxins. You know, for me, I came out of my mom's womb with a whole bunch of toxins already. And then I ate a bunch of gluten and dairy, and then I didn't poop except for once a week for the first 25 years of my life. So I was oh, reabsorbing man. all of those toxins. And then mm -hmm. I got Epstein-Barr from kissing somebody. And then I got Lyme from growing up in New Jersey and being bitten by ticks. And then I lived in moldy environments in medical school. You know, so it just all accumulated until eventually I met my wife and we got together and we swapped our bugs and we both got sick, essentially. So you know, it's sometimes it's the straw that broke the camel's back. And so that's kind of what COVID is for some of these people where immune system mm. gets dysfunctional. And then a bunch of these other infections start to come out, the heavy metals, the chemicals, the molds that you've accumulated all of a sudden become a, a, a bigger problem. Yeah. It's like, like that immune modulation. It's like whenever people realize, like you, I always say it's, it's stacking the cards against you. And I hate to say it that way. I remember brother, when I was younger, I, I'm not joking. I used to eat like star crunches and fudge rounds, little Debbie's 
And I drank so much Coca-Cola sneaking it, man. And I'm telling you, I had a chronic sore throat Mm -hmm. literally for like three years in a row. And I never had my tonsils taken out. But, and I think about it, it's like, I probably had Epstein-Barr, you know, because I've had clinically shown I have Epstein-Barr for the longest time. Probably got it from my mom because she has it really badly. Most people do, of course. But you're right. It's like whenever you start to see that it's all these small combinations and then COVID comes along and, and, you know, a lot of viruses want to escape. They don't want to stay in the blood too long. They'll jump into tissues, you know, and they're like, okay. And so people are thinking, man, like I just, I got that one sickness and now it's turned into like this thing where I cannot get rid of it. And I think it's a great explanation, doc. So like a big percentage of people, like is it a big percentage of people that get COVID at the beginning really turn into long, uh, long haulers or, or is it a small percentage? If you had a mild case of COVID, then it's like 30 to 40% that you're likely to get long COVID. And if you had like severe and you went into the hospital, it's more like 75 or 85% likely that you end up with persistent symptoms. Now, some of these persistent symptoms might be mild, but they are in fact persisting and they are negatively affecting people's quality of life. And so it's hard to treat it, right? Uh, Doc, I mean, like they get long haulers, it's, it's pretty hard for them to treat it because of this, like, I mean, the stacking of other infections against it. What are like your four-step method? I mean, you talking about what's your four-step method to help uh, get rid of this long hauler syndrome? Because I know people right now who are listening that are going to be calling you for this because it's, it's a big epidemic. Yeah. And it's pretty much the same, except the causes are a little bit different because you've got the, you've got COVID in there as well. But, you know, one of the major things that we also see is hypercoagulation. So thick blood and clotting. If you've been in the long COVID world, you've probably seen things, different things about this. There's some clinics that are in Europe that are kind of doing dialysis where they're taking the blood out of people's bodies. They're removing the clots. They're putting the blood back in and people feel great. So we use different natural enzymes in order to break up clots in the body, in order to thin out the blood, in order to decrease the inflammation. You know, part of the reason why the clotting is happening is because the infections cause this clotting so that they can travel through the body and get to different places. Because the symptoms that you have really are based off of where the infection is located. But we work through, then we go into step two, we replace the deficiencies to help people feel strong, as strong as possible, increase their energy, improve their sleep. And then we're opening up the drainage pathways in step three. And then in step four, because it's never just COVID, we're addressing all of the other infections as well. Because sometimes COVID is causing that pain on the bottom of the feet, like we talked about. And sometimes it's Bartonella. So we're seeing that COVID is very much, besides the fact that it's disrupting the immune system and hijacking it and allowing these other infections to be more opportunistic, it's also a biofilm disruptor. So it's breaking up the biofilm or the hiding place of these infections. And then the infections are coming out and causing issues. So Sometimes it's a little bit of a dance to determine whether it's COVID or whether it's a Lyme type infection or a parasite, but that's the nuances. And that's why you hire people like us to help you through it. Great point, doc, about it being a biofilm uh, disruptor and then other things come up to surface. And I know it sounds so corny. I always tell my patients and and they probably get tired of me saying it, but really I always say like, you know, you have this infection, uh, which drains the body of energy, which allows this infection, like you just said, to come up and 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 they'll go, what does that mean? It's like, just think about like, like your phone. And if you have five different apps running at the same time, and you could actually run this app a whole lot better, you can get rid of COVID a lot better if the other, uh, or you say, get the other one swiped off. So it's like, I always tell them like, you've got something that could be a really big issue that allows, because all these little other apps are running in the background. So it's all about energy distribution. Mm-hmm. And so doc, I, I mean, to me, you're, 
message. And I just say this because it is about building energy. And I'm so grateful and thankful that um, you spread this message. Now, I want to go in and just talk about your, your platform. I want people to know about your podcast, about where to find you. How can people reach out to you and know more about this? So they can find me at energymdmethod.com. We do have a free Facebook group. They can get on a free 20-minute call with me. If you do want to, and that's on the website, if you do want to go into step one, we actually have our step one checklist for free right now on our website. So you can hop on there, you can hit on get started, and you can work through that and you can figure out 75% of your causes just based off of your symptoms. Then you hop on a call with me and we see if we're a good fit to work together. And we're everywhere on social media if you want to follow the kind of work that we're doing. And we also have a podcast, the Energy MD Podcast. Oh, goodness gracious, guys, listen to it. I, I mean, I'm just saying it from the bottom of my heart because he's got such uh, good information about mitochondria and he goes through the explanation about how your cells actually need energy. I think it's a crazy thing. Don't you think, Doc, that in our day and age, most people just forget like your cells actually need energy and we don't have the fuel for it. And I'm like, you don't run a gas, I mean, a car on an empty gas tank, but we are a culture that basically does that. And it's saddening, but um, I think that your programs, anybody out there, you want to learn about your health, about your energy levels, how to fight off chronic infections, how to get rid of them, get the energy going. Dr. Axe sends his best because they said that you, we got you on the podcast. I was like, oh, I get to talk to my buddy because, you know, I, I'm automatically tagging you as my buddy, as my friend. So when I see you, I'm going to give you a hug and I'm going to have you do some hip hop because I do a little bit of hip hop too. But um, <laughs> see, I'm telling you, you got to do it, man. I like to do quick questions. What, who's your favorite basketball team? Warriors. The Warriors. Before Steph they Curry. won a championship. Before they won a championship. <laughs> What's your, do you have a favorite college team? Because I'm, I'm seeing a five matchup too. <laughs> um. Not really. I don't really follow college that much. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's no problem. So, okay. I'm, I'm thinking that um, whenever I see you, like, one of these days, I'm wearing my, my, um, my J's. I'm wearing my Jordans that I can do some dancing with, and, and we'll, we'll, you'll teach me some things. Um, <laughs> but really, man, I'm serious. And from all of us here, thank you so much. I want to have you on again, and I think that it'll be great because it's all about the mitochondria. So everybody out there, follow Dr. Hirsch. Thanks for joining us today. And please, if you have these problems, please give him a ring, look him up contact them. Thanks so much, Doc. We appreciate you.